to grow. Have you ever planted a little seed? Little seeds can grow into big gardens.
kids know that growing up is a big job. There's so much to learn and do. God's Word is something you can depend on to help you and guide you every step of the way. So read it, sing it, and hide it in your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. When Smyrtus, king of Persia, was tricked into ordering the Israelites to stop rebuilding Jerusalem and the temple, the people put up their materials and tools and went about the business of making a living. Seems like everything I do fails. We have a roof over our heads. Soon it will be harvest time. <laughs> harvest time. Have you looked at the crops lately? There's not going to be a harvest. Oh, a few handfuls, perhaps, where there should be measures full. For some reason, the crops just aren't growing like they should. Perhaps it's the ground. No, this is good, fertile soil. Could it be we haven't had enough rain? Well, rain has been scarce. What's going to happen to us? Like everyone else around us, we aren't going to have enough to eat. We're going to be poverty-stricken. Oh, just the thing we've been working to avoid. I've tried. I've tried awfully hard for you and little Samuel. I hear that even Zerubbabel and Joshua are discouraged, so don't feel too badly. Well, it is hard to understand why God delivered us from Babylonian captivity, then stopped work on the temple, and now brings famine and pestilences upon us. You need a rest, dear. Why don't we take tomorrow off and go into Jerusalem? I hear that two new prophets will be there and speak to the people. Two new prophets? From where? Haggai and Zechariah are their names. Zechariah is a youngish man, born somewhere in the province of Babylon. But Haggai is an old man. He was born here in Judah and remembers the temple of Solomon. He must be old. All right, we'll go to Jerusalem tomorrow. Work on the temple of God has been stopped one year. 
Yet ye as a people have been so busy trying to attain prosperity for yourselves that ye have nigh forgotten the temple. Your prosperity cometh not. Instead ye grow poor and poor with each passing day. Ye have viewed with apathy the Lord's temple in ruins while ye hasten to build houses for yourselves. Put God's interests above your own and temporal blessings will be yours as well. Why dwell you in your sealed houses and the temple of God lies in waste? Where is the zeal ye once felt for the restoration of the Lord's house? Why have ye gained by serving self? The desire to escape poverty has brought upon you the very thing you feared. Poverty. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat but have not enough. Ye are clothed but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages and putteth it in a bag with holes. Why? Because of mine house that is waste, saith the Lord. Therefore the heavens over you are stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. Ye prophets of the living God, what can we do that will bring back God's blessing upon us? Repent of your ways. Go up and build God's house, and he will take pleasure in it and bring prosperity to all ye people. We will obey thy word and serve the Lord our God. Be strong, O Joshua, high priest, and ye, Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, and all ye people, and work. Yes, work, work. And the Lord will be with you. They are right. Our temporal and spiritual blessings are dependent on our faithful obedience to God's commands. And all the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And they came and did build the house of the Lord. This temple, even when it is finished, shall in no way compare the beauty and glory of the first temple. It was beautiful. This, this one. <laughs> Yet I understand that Haggai told Zerubbabel that this temple would exceed the glory of Solomon's temple. Impossible. I saw the other temple and I know. In this temple will appear, in time, the teacher and savior of mankind. Oh, you mean that, that this temple will witness the advent of the Messiah, the Son of God? By faith, the people worked, building the temple. In the course of time, Zerubbabel received a delegation of several important-looking men. Zerubbabel, governor of Jerusalem, I am the governor of all Syrian lands this side of the river. This is Shetha Bosnai, and these others are our assistants and advisors. Welcome to Jerusalem. Our hospitality and accommodations, such as they are, are open to thee. I am come, Zerubbabel, in the name of Darius, king of Persia. Long live the king. By whose authority are you rebuilding Jerusalem and the temple of Solomon? Be it known unto the governor that we are the servants of the God of Israel. God worked upon the heart of Cyrus, king of the combined nations of the Medes and Persians, and he issued a decree that we might return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Then it is by command of Cyrus that you rebuild the city and the temple? Yes, sir, Governor. We shall write to Darius the king and ask him to make a thorough search and investigation. If what thou sayest be true, you may continue the building activities. Otherwise, you know full well what will happen. Yes, yes. So be it. Scribe. 
Make a search in all the house of the rolls of the kings of Persia, and report to me all that thou findest in connection with the freeing of the captives of Judah under kings Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus. Governor Tatnai, sir, a messenger has just arrived from Darius, king of Persia. Relative to the building of the temple at Jerusalem? Yes, sir. What does he have to say? Darius, great and mighty king of Persia, to Tatnai, Shethar Bosnai, and thy counselors, governors beyond the river. Be... Just tell me what it says. Uh, uh, well, he says that... Uh, we are to let the Israelites build the temple in Jerusalem. Hmm. Uh, we are not to hinder them in any way. Uh, we are to give all tribute money to the Israelites. Uh, we are also to furnish supplies for the priests of the temple. And the king ends uh, with this statement. I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. Well, we'd better go to Jerusalem at once. The Israelites builded, and they prospered according to the word of God. And they finished the temple at Jerusalem on the third day of the month of Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's one 800 634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Thank you, Sam. Okay, whose turn is it to read a favorite Bible text this week? Me, Pastor Prez. Great. Okay, Bible Club members, let's give Rhiannon our full attention again. My text is found in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19. The book of Proverbs contains wise sayings by King Solomon. Some say he was the wisest man who ever lived. Go ahead and read. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. That's a great text, Rhiannon. What does that say to you? It says that if you tell the truth, those words will always be true. But if you lie, your words are only good for about 30 minutes. Did someone say something untruthful to you recently? 
Not exactly. I said something untruthful. Really? What happened? Well, my mom asked me if I remembered to do something for her, and I said yes, when I really had it. Well, later, I had to make up another lie to cover the first one. Each time I said something that wasn't true, I soon had to say something else so that no one would figure out what I'd done. By the end of the day, that one little lie had turned into a bunch of little lies. So I finally told the truth. Boy, that felt good. My lies lasted only a few minutes, but one truth lasted days and days. Solomon sure was right. When I told my mom what I'd done, she was upset with me, but she said she was glad that I learned my lesson. So, Pastor Prez, do you see this tongue? Uh, yes, I do. Well, from now on, you're only going to hear the truth from it. No more lies. That's very good news, Rhiannon, something we all need to learn. And Rhiannon? Yes? You can put your tongue back in your mouth now. Okay. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
You've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 3 The Disappearing Dog. Zach couldn't have just vanished, Dee Dee said, about to cry. She tried to act brave. Jenny knew how she felt because her cat had disappeared once, too. Jenny came over and put her arm around Dee Dee. Don't worry, Dee Dee. Zach will be all right. We'll find him. I know we'll find him, Chris said. Let's ask Jesus to help keep Zach safe and help us find him again. All the shoebox kids agreed, and they knelt down right there on the trail to pray. After they had finished praying, Dee Dee asked, Do you think someone kidnapped Zack? I don't see any other tracks, Sammy said. If someone had kidnapped him, I think there would be some tracks or something. Sammy's right, Willie agreed as he held Coco tightly. Dee Dee wasn't about to give up. She also wasn't sure if she believed no one had kidnapped Zack like Willie and Sammy had said. She knew they were just trying to make her feel better, but knowing Zack might have been kidnapped didn't make her feel better at all. She studied Zack's tracks again up to where they vanished. If Zack had gotten off the trail, he would have left tracks pointing in the direction he went. But the way Zack's tracks looked, it was as if he was running up the trail barking, and then he just disappeared. How could he have just disappeared? Dee Dee wondered out loud. Let's go back to the cabins, Chris suggested. Our parents are probably starting to worry. Plus, we better tell them what happened to Zack. Willie turned his wheelchair around. Maria glanced around one more time before she started back. Sammy stood up and followed Jenny, and Chris and Dee Dee brought up the rear. But before leaving, Dee Dee knelt down and studied the trail again where Zack's tracks had disappeared. It was then that she noticed something very peculiar. Beside Zack's footprints was a small, smooth dent in the ground in the general shape of an hourglass, only it was bigger on one end than on the other. 
That's odd, Dee Dee said out loud, but no one was around to hear her. Dee Dee slowly stood up. Then she ran after her friends to catch up. What was the odd-looking mark on the ground, she wondered. By the time the shoebox kids got back to the cabins, it was so dark all they could see among the trees were dark shadows. Willie let Coco jump to the ground, and Coco ran circles around his wheelchair. I don't like the woods at night very much, Chris muttered, looking around him as he slowed down to a trot. Neither do I, Jenny agreed. When the shoebox kids rounded the corner of the first cabin, they almost scared their parents to death. Where have you been? Mrs. Adams asked worriedly. We were ready to go search for all of you. Mom, Zack is lost, Dee Dee wailed. He just disappeared. Mr. and Mrs. Adams stared at each other for a second. They looked confused. Mr. Adams narrowed his eyebrows as he looked at Dee Dee. What do you mean, Zack is lost? We were hiking up the trail when Zack jerked his leash out of my hand and ran away. We could hear him barking as he ran up the trail. Then he suddenly stopped barking. When we went to look for him, we couldn't find him anywhere. We think he saw something in the forest, and that's why he took off barking, Willie added. Dee Dee nodded, but when we looked for Zack, Sammy found where his footprints just disappeared. Zack wasn't anywhere around, and we couldn't tell which way he went. Mr. Adams came up and put his arm around Dee Dee. It's all right, Dee Dee. You don't have to worry about Zack because he is right here. That's one reason we were so worried about you. When Zack showed up all alone, we thought something had happened to all of you. We were getting ready to launch a search party, and your mother wanted to call the police. As if to prove he was all right, Zack ran over and tried to jump into Dee Dee's arms. Oh, Zack, Dee Dee exclaimed. You're all right. I thought you were kidnapped. Kidnapped? Mrs. Adams asked. Where did you get that idea Zack had been kidnapped? Well, we thought since Zack suddenly disappeared, someone might have kidnapped him, Dee Dee tried to explain. Mr. Adams frowned. Are you sure you aren't all letting your imaginations run away with you? Zack came to our door a few minutes ago. He probably just chased a squirrel or some other small animal and lost you kids, so he came back here. Dee Dee knelt down and gave Zack a big hug. I wonder, she whispered so only Zack could hear, just what did happen to you. heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book 10 adventure on wild horse mountain written by eric stoffel edited and created by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.